from Indianapolis with an eye on every corner of the state. This is IBJ Media's Inside Indiana Business with Gary Dick. Presented by Elevate Ventures and Indiana University. Lady and gentlemen, start your engines! This is the greatest spectacle in racing. That sound. <laughs> this month. May in Indiana. You just won the Indy 500. The Thunderbirds. Bagpipes. A swig of milk. The party in the snake pit. This spectacle. A time when Indiana shares its unique traditions with the rest of the world. Back home again in Indiana. Back home again in Indiana. It's time to buckle in for Business at the Brickyard from the world's greatest race course. Presented by Purdue University. Hello and welcome to Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick coming to you once again from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway as we continue our month-long Business at the Brickyard series. A look at the economic impact of motorsports on Indianapolis and the state of Indiana. It is significant, touching all 92 Indiana counties, 300-plus motorsports-related businesses. One of them, the NTT IndyCar Series. Mark Miles is the CEO of Pinsky Entertainment, also the CEO of uh, the IndyCar Series. Mark, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Gary. Happy uh, to be out here it, on the Victory Podium with you. Oh, it, it feels great. Yeah. It really does feel good. Give me your, your take on the state of IndyCar racing. I, I can't say never been better because that goes back decades, but at least in my tenure, which is now, my, this, is, this will be my 11th Indy 500, it, it hasn't approached this level. We're hitting on all cylinders, as we say. Green, green, green. Christian Lundgaard got a The uh, Grand Prix last weekend was our fifth race. Now we've got qualifying on NBC, and then we've got the race. Uh, mm-hmm. And every one of the events has been, has been meaningfully up. Yeah. So that means attendance. It means television audiences. It means social and digital audiences. On the supply side, we have 27 cars on the grid. We kind of have to limit that now. This is at most IndyCar races because um, we don't have room in the pits. Yeah. So the the value proposition for prospective owners of an IndyCar team is off the charts, and uh, really good news. When you look at metrics, uh, you know sponsorships, corporate engagement, television, social media. There's so many things you look at. Is there anything that stands out? to you? The biggest growth has been on social and digital media. So that's really, that means younger. And that, of course, that's is what you music want. to yeah. any sports marketers here. Yeah. As you look at uh, ways that you deliver your product, certainly new deal, relatively new deal with, uh, with NBC. Uh, I know you've expressed a lot of uh, positive comments on that. But also doing things like docu-series, uh, what, 100 days to uh, 100 days to Indy, right? Right. That's the name of our docu-series. Yeah. And it's going great. The audience is really young. It's a great chance for people who know IndyCar to have a whole different insight into the, the, the drivers and their families and what goes on off the track. For new people, it's a chance to really appreciate IndyCar, and it's, we're just thrilled. Talk about uh, the relationship with NBC. Uh, I know there's been a lot of talk of the cross-promotion they do through all, all their different properties. Are you pleased with, uh, with the NBC deal? Yeah, the first thing is that we basically became a network s- sport. So we have 17 events this year. 
and 14 of them will be on network, uh, those, and, and that gets you the audience. That's the reach that every sport's looking for. They're great promoters and great partners. They really like IndyCar. They use, uh, they call it the symphony approach, which is their biggest events on the Today Show and on Late Night and uh, all, all the uh, platforms that they have available under NBC Universal to help us grow. And for Formula One in Miami, it's race on! And we've Look got at a uh, uh, Formula One is having success in the United States and North America. They've got their own uh, docu-series, uh, Drive to Survive, I think is, is the name of that. How do you view F1? I think they do a great job, and they have grown. They've, their growth here has been primarily a result of moving from one to this year three. Uh, F1 events uh, or races, so they uh, they just did Miami. They'll go back to Austin, Texas. Then they'll be in in uh, Las Vegas. Our television audience is still bigger. We're the dominant open wheel series in in uh, in North America and the U.S. And so I think it's sort of the industry uh, is level rising and uh, helpful to us. You look at the Indianapolis 500, the marquee event, ticket sales, uh, I think last year were the, the best in 25 years, with the exception of the 100th running. And this year, we're hearing ticket sales are up. What's driving that? I think it's everything. As I said, sort of hitting on all cylinders. This place is, uh, any fan that comes near it realizes that we're really reinvesting for the fans. The condition of the facilities, uh, our attention to detail and the fan experience, there are more big screens everywhere. So uh, part of it is that, and part of it is just the excitement around IndyCar. What's the future as you look at so many venues here in Indianapolis, uh, entertainment, uh, uh, you know, to bring fans here? It's about more than the race. Is that the future uh, of racing? When you look at individual, whether it's Indy or Iowa or whatever it is, as you look at growth of the, the sport, is, is it about these entertainment uh, uh, options? Yeah, well, it, it starts with a great sport. We have the most competitive racing, the sport itself, off the charts. And then it's what do we add so that we can appeal more broadly to all the tastes. And yeah, music is a big part of that here at Iowa, which you mentioned, and elsewhere. Celebrities, more and more celebrities are turning out, more influencers are using their, their voice uh, to attract more fans. But in, at the end of the day, no sport is just the sport, it's really the presentation. Final question, and that's what's uh, what's next. Been a lot of talk about uh, expanding the schedule, adding adding some venues. Is that uh, that in the offing? Yeah, we're not looking to expand the number of events beyond 17 per se. We're looking to have the best possible, uh, most robust events that attract the biggest crowds. So, you know, if we add one, do we change one out? Um, it, it, all that is to TBD, but we're actively looking for the best options for us to grow in the future. All right, Mark Miles, CEO of Pinsky Entertainment. Always great to see you, Mark. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Gary. All right. Well, you know, the month of May is about a lot more than uh, fast cars and speed here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. The 500 Festival plays a huge role in so many of the events leading up to the Indy 500. The Mini Marathon, one of the nation's uh, largest, most iconic half marathons to the rookie run for kids, the parade, the princesses, and a lot more. We'll look at the economic impact the 500 Festival has on Indianapolis and the state. Stay with us. Here's what's making news around Indiana, brought to you by the Indiana Association of Realtors, Indiana's 21,000 realtors, the neighbors you know, the experts you can count on. Well, so many people and organizations responsible for making the month of May a success. 
and none more important than the 500 Festival. It's been around since 1957. It is uh, the oldest organization of its kind in the United States, has great impact throughout the month of May. Our Mary Rachel Redmond is standing by now with the economic impact of the 500 Festival. Mary Rachel. Well, Gary, there's nothing quite like the pomp and circumstance surrounding the 500 Festival Parade. Behind me, some of the floats you'll see on Saturday morning before race day, all part of the magic that is the month of May in Indianapolis. This magic moment. May in Indianapolis, magic indeed. An entire month of moments, culminating in the largest single-day sporting event on Earth. This is, and always will be, the greatest spectacle in racing. But as most Hoosiers know, May is far more than just race day. We have one of the largest half marathons in the world that's like 47 years running. From the mini marathon to the third largest parade in the country, the 500 Festival has been making magic in May for nearly 70 years. But the idea for the not-for-profit is actually rooted in another iconic race. A group of community leaders had an idea and, and then they took a trip down to Louisville, Kentucky before the Kentucky Derby and they had developed the Kentucky Derby Festival. And so they had created this civic nonprofit organization to do events in the community that were part of celebrating and a part of the build up and lead up to the Kentucky Derby. So that really cemented that, okay, we were on to something, now let's do it. And thus the 500 Festival was born. The first year was a parade. And then they talked to the track and we have all the drivers in the parade. They had a square dance and governor's ball. So there's a lot of that history and tradition that continues. The parade is still one of the constants and, and one of the bigger events that we do. Attendance for last year's 500 Festival Parade saw more than 300,000 lining the streets of downtown Indy. This float, a staple every year in the 500 Festival Parade, it's the Princess Float that features all 33 500 princesses. And it also brings back a little nostalgia for me. Back in 2006, I too did the princess wave. But over time, the festival's done a lot of different things. Really, it's been our job to say what's relevant today, what parts of those history and traditional things can we continue, and then what can we add to that. So in, in our case, there was an idea that was born in the 1970s. That idea, the mini marathon. Frank Shorter decided to sign up to run the first one. So the field went from maybe 400 people to, you know, 800 people because he was very well known. He was off of his second Olympic medal in the marathon for the U.S. That event now grew into being one of the largest half marathons in the world. 20 to 30,000 participants and then with all of their, the volunteers, the staff, the friends and family cheering them on, you know, we might be impacting 50,000 people on, on that first Saturday of May. And the 500 Festival's economic impact on the city of Indianapolis and state of Indiana continues to grow. We were on a track of about a 20 to $25 million direct financial impact. But right now, I think the month of May is in, is in good shape. The 500 Festival undoubtedly a major player when it comes to making magic in the month of May. Since its inception in 1957, it's injected $500 million to the local economy. Gary? All right, Mary Rachel, thank you. Only two African-American drivers have taken the green flag here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And the checkered flag is out for Willie T. Ribs. Willie T. Ribs in the early 90s and George Mack about 10 years later. Jimmy McMillan is working to change that dynamic. 
He's the chief diversity officer and senior corporate counsel for Pinsky Entertainment. In charge of putting minority kids in a position to get into racing, whether it be behind the wheel or in the pits. NXG Youth Motorsports is a program designed for youth. Motorsports really wasn't in my neighborhood or in my world, so it kind of introduced me to it and saved my life in a way. They get about an hour, hour and a half of STEM education on different topics like tire pressure, uh, finances, uh, everything from the science of speed. They get about an hour and a half of real teaching experience, and then they race. They learn how to race go-karts. They go 55 miles an hour for another three and a half hours. I want every kid out there, particularly kids of color, to realize you can grow up and go to college, you can work hard, you can do the right things, and you can end up living your dreams. Jimmy McMillan, my guest this week on the Business and Beyond podcast. You can check it out Monday at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. Coming up next, athletes behind the wheel of some of the most powerful machines in the world. Drivers are using state-of-the-art technology to stay on top of their game. At PNC Bank, we're committed to making a difference in the lives of our customers and communities by helping them move forward financially. As a Main Street Bank, we try to do right by our customers with every encounter. Our local teams offer personalized financial advice to help guide you in making the best decision. We're proud to be part of your community. PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference for you at PNC.com. Copyright 2022, the PNC Financial Services Group Bank. All rights reserved. For many drivers and their teams, Indy is much like a second home during the month of May, and working out on the road can be very difficult. But drivers and teams are taking advantage of an Indianapolis area gym, Pit Fit, to push their workouts into a sixth gear. Kylie Valletta is on the northwest side now at a Pit Fit location with more. Kylie. Well, thanks, Gary. If you think driving a race car isn't a workout, think again. The founder and CEO here at Pit Fit, Jim Leo, says that the heart rates of race drivers actually compare to someone running a marathon. But here at Pit Fit, they're not just training cardio, they also train your mind. From strobe glasses for focus speed to a drum set, a driver's workout doesn't look like most. I've always had a theory that, that drumming is very similar to being in the race car. There's a lot of muscle memory using the feet. It's all part of the philosophy at Pit Fit, just 10 miles from the famed Oval, which trains the likes of Tony Kanaan and Scott Dixon. He was great on the bike. He was great, you know, running and swimming. He was Founder Jim Leo compares drivers to fighter pilots enduring G-forces on the track. Heart racing, while there's also a high demand on cognitive ability and lightning fast reflexes. Here you see Alexander Rossi on the sensory station to improve multitasking in the cockpit. Seven? 84. A light board trains reaction time and hand eye coordination. And you've got loaded weights on the wheel. And the patent-pending race trainer that Leo invented himself. I wanted to find a way for the driver to simulate the load they go through in turning the car. But I also wanted to incorporate reaction. So we incorporated light systems on the board where they would have to react to the light while fighting the same kind of upper body strength needs you get in the race car. 
Cardio is also key, especially the upper body endurance to power these muscle cars. His success in Indy created demand where NASCAR is king, Charlotte. The second pit fit opened there just one year ago. But there's nothing quite like Indy in May. Our staff gets to see firsthand in person the, the fruits of their labor, what they've done with these drivers and what they can do on the track. You actually see it in person versus seeing it on TV. So it's kind of, re it's very rewarding. PitFit is also a place for the up-and-comers, training 80% of the Indy NXT drivers. You look back at our history, you look at this guy like Scott Dixon, started with him in 1999, James Hinchcliffe, 2004. These are drivers we've seen them grow up and move up to the next level, and it's, it's, it's fascinating to see that, but it really gives you that feeling of satisfaction that what you're doing is providing a great service. In 2008 was the last year that a full-time IndyCar driver who was part of the Pit Fit program won the Indy 500, and this year they're hoping to change that. Gary, back to you. All right, Kylie, thank you. We have this great product called Indiana, and people want to be here, and people want to grow their businesses, but we got to make sure we're growing our population because we, we have to grow our workforce. Indiana Secretary of Commerce Brad Chambers during a fireside chat with IBJ Media CEO Nate Feltman during this week's Engage Greater Lafayette, West Lafayette event at Purdue University. More than 300 business and community leaders attended a luncheon and heard from a panel that was decidedly bullish on the region. Wabash CEO Brent Yagi says his company is putting its money where its mouth is. We've got $120 million capital deployment going on in the Lafayette area. Uh, it is a large part of our overall strategic growth. And when we think about capital deployment over the next four to five years to meet our growth needs, um, we're in the, at the tune of $500 million or more. A good portion of that is in, probably in this area. Purdue President Meng Chang provided perspective on what he says will be the transformational impact of the plan Purdue University in Indianapolis. From executive education to grad and undergrad education. And we'll be working on health, we'll be working on sports, engineering and technology. We're working with Scott Dorsey, High Alpha, on entrepreneurship, as Joanne highlighted. We're going to be working with all the companies already there so that we match Talents on the one hand, careers on the other, but it's all rooted in knowledge, discovery, and innovation to rewrite the economic equations. This week's event in Tippecanoe County, the third of seven Engage Indiana events we have planned this year. Next up, Terre Haute in West Central Indiana, June 20th at Holman Center. Well, the town of Speedway, just a short distance from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, has undergone a major transformation over the past several decades. There are now many restaurants and entertainment venues, part of the Speedway vibe. Yelp's Brittany Smith joins us next with five can't-miss dishes from Speedway. Well, not far from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is Main Street in the town of Speedway. To help guide your raceway eating throughout the month of May, we tapped into Yelp data to find the top-rated dishes in Speedway, from wine tastings and tacos to coffee and barbecue and much more. I'm joined now by Brittany Smith, who is at uh, Dawson's on Main Street uh, for many, many years, a traditional Speedway location. She's got five can't-miss dishes from Speedway this month. Brittany. 
Yeah, so we're kicking things off here at Dawson's on Main and their beloved patio right along Main Street. They've been around since 2006, and their most popular dish that folks love in the Yelp reviews is the French onion soup. They actually make it with a little twist. They add mushrooms in for a little extra flavor, but the second runner-up is obviously the breaded tenderloin served up with some onion rings, so it's a classic staple right here, a fun spot to check out for your first dish. Just a few doors down, we're next up with Charlie Brown's Steak and Pancake House. They've been around for over 50 years, clearly a staple in the Speedway community, and they are best known for their country fried steak. The Yelp reviews can't get enough of it with the crispy edges and the gravy poured over top. Definitely some comfort food there. But if you've got a sweet tooth, folks also love the banana and strawberry waffles that are topped with a little bit of sprinkled sugar. It's a great business to check out if you've never been. And then next up, we're gonna go to Founders Grounds Coffee that just opened up in 2021. So it's a newer business to the community. They are loved for their rooftop patio on the back overlooking Main Street. But the most popular dish that you've gotta try is the latte flight. They change them with each season. It's four different lattes that you can try out. Right now during the month of May, they have a really fun lineup. So you can check out the checkered flag, which is a black and white mocha. They've also got a fun espresso foam over top. So it's a fun way to try out a couple different drinks in one up. and they've also got some food there to check out as well and if you're visiting the track they even have a spot located right next door to the museum to check out throughout the month of May and throughout the summer. A few blocks off Main Street is Aquiles Jalisco. This spot is loved for the Berea tacos and if you've never had them they were cleverly noted in a Yelp review as the French dip of tacos so it comes with a herbaceous dip that you put the taco into as if tacos could be any better and then they're also known for their carne asado tacos as well. It's a really affordable spot fast service, a good place to check out if you've never been. And then last but not least, we've got the Garlic Knuckles at Brozini's. They joined Speedway just a few years ago, and it's a really fam family-friendly spot. They're also dog-friendly, great for groups if you're visiting Speedway during the month of May with a big group. But the Garlic Knuckles are made from scratch, slathered in a wonderful garlic butter sauce, and they're also known for their New York-style pizza that's served not only by the slice, but a whole pie. So it's a really fun place to check out, but don't leave without trying the Garlic knuckles. Thanks so much, Gary. Hope this gives you all five new fun spots to check out during the month of May in Speedway. All right, Brittany, thank you. Lots of tasty options during the month of May and well beyond in the town of Speedway. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Inside Indiana Business as the countdown continues to the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500. This week, we will send you some images of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway as it gets ready to host the greatest spectacle in racing. Thanks for joining us. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week. Thank you for listening to the Inside Indiana Business Television podcast. Remember, you can get the latest business news from every corner of the state at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week.